When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Master your facial hair style with 25% off the King C Gillette range from Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Wherever she goes, I go, we roll, we go. Flying over cities down to Rio, it's Rio. Love that I feel. Oh, nothing lasts forever, but I'm down for the minute, so just chill. Good morning, Izzy Kempe for breakfast on SCNZ. The boys are back in the studio after a big day out at Caraca yesterday. We'll get a little update of how the rest of the day went. Maybe some honesty. The food <laughs> that was delved, the drinks that were consumed. I want to hear it all. A good, big good morning to you, Louie and Kempe. How you doing? Yeah, all good, brother. Good morning. No, it was a good day out there at Karaka. Uh, ended up staying out there. I went out with Louis as we spoke about yesterday morning. Uh, safest driver in the world got us there on time, and <laughs> he gave me a gave me a text message. Oh, I can't remember mid morning saying he's heading back into town, and I was like, "Nah, bro, I'll find my own way back." Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, well, ended up ended up uh, staying out there and just having a few little catch ups. What'd you do? Talk to us. Come on, let us know. What'd you What'd you dig well, into, and who'd you catch up with? Well, as you know, they haven't been back out there for quite a while because of COVID. So it was really good to see everybody in the racing game, generally um, owners, trainers. Um, you know the big stud houses were there, and and just us. You're walking around us, and I'll tell you what, it's a great day out. It's a great day out because it's it's an event. It, well, I think uh, a thousand horses go through it. Um, every stud there has a tent. They, you know, they they have uh, their their own event organised. They have all their workers working hard. They start at four thirty in the morning. They go through to oh, who knows what time they finish at night cleaning up before they have to go again uh, today. But they're just so they're just such hospitable hosts. So I spent most of the afternoon in Mark Chittick's tent actually with um, Waikato Stud. Me and me and Al and uh, Howie was in there. Caught up with Mike Moroney, who we spoke with yesterday morning. Um, a number of uh, Peter, Peter Moody uh, was in there as well. The Aussies were in town. Big, big. They were big yesterday. There was a. Um, we went back to the to the uh, ring around. Ooh, would have been around four o'clock, and it heated up. It was on fire, and it just looked like every uh, horse that started coming through was going for some ridiculous amounts of money. And uh, of course, the Aussies were on fire. They all got in with the with the rain. They all got in. I think it was yesterday morning at four o'clock. They meant to they meant to show up said they and and of course with that rain they missed out. So it was a good day. Uh, there's a few beers. There's some pizzas, mate. Beef, <laughs> chicken, whatever you wanted. There was it was all on there. Uh, I one of the real good catch ups I had with was um, with Little Avondale. I went and caught up with with Sam and. 
uh, Katrina and we had to just chat about what they're what they're looking to do in the future is is trying to get more people to the races. And it was really interesting how they were thinking. And I'll tell you what, we have to get them on to talk about it because you want to be a part of it. It is so reasonable and and makes so much sense of, of what they're talking about. Um, we need to tell the whole of New Zealand about what, what what's coming up. So we'll follow them up. They're good people, eh? Hey, Louis, Sam's mate, a champion, is he? Um, loves you, mate. Absolutely loves you. He's going, Where are, where's Izzy? Where is he? Is he here? <laughs> um, and we're saying, oh, unfortunately, Izzy, uh, he's, uh, he's not well at the moment. He's just getting to get himself sorted out. So I bet he'll be up here, Sam. He'll be up here. So we'll, um, we'll catch up with him at some stage. But I just really enjoyed it. It was a great day. It was a great day uh, just catching up with everyone in the racing game. And like I said to Louis yesterday, just good people. Really, really good people. It- Beautiful, beautiful, Kempi. A good day out, mate, and uh, plenty of drinks consumed and great catch-up. Yep, Sam and Katriona were obviously part of Little Avondale Rockin' Horse and great pitches when uh, Rockin' Horse won its group one last year. It's in Cat on the on the, on the the sidetrack there and up and about. So good, so good. Um, Louis, how was it, my friend? Like, why'd you leave early? Did you make a really mature decision to get out of there ASAP? No, 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 it wasn't ASAP. I got out of there just before midday, but I um, went and shook all the hands I needed to, kissed all the yearlings I needed to, and <laughs> did, all, did all the business stuff, and uh, said g'day to some good friends, and um, got myself a Waikato stud hat from uh, Charlotte Chittick, and just hightailed out of there, had things to do. I got my wisdom teeth out no. today, boys, and I'm packing my house up to change islands. Oh, I've got enough. I've got boxes to be packed and ticked, so um, I, I would have been skewered by Shannon if I ended up eight pizzas and 18 beers deep. So <laughs> I had to get out of there before midday. Oh, i tell you what, I, and I walked out too. I walked out <laughs> and I was like, actually, I don't, I don't want to go yet. <laughs> it was... you can, it's, like, it's like a... You know when you're a kid... So we had the Amberley A and P show in Leithfield. You know, like your local A and P show that comes to town, and you're like, everyone goes down there. There's the fair, and you're just scrounging around for coins, and you just could stay all day. It's like that for adults that like beer and racing. Yeah, and and as you're rubbing their shoulders with the big boys, you know the Maronis and the DC Alices and. You know, the Al Sharks, and, and they're just sitting down chewing the fat, talking stories. Mm. Um, so it was, a, it was a real good day. I actually spoke to Mark uh, Chittick. He's offered a um, an opportunity for us to go visit, is he? <laughs> so, okay, okay. So uh, he said, I said, when are, we go- when are we coming? He said, well, as soon as this is all over, mate, we'll, we'll, um, we'll talk about it. So... Yeah, they, mate, the, the Waikato Stud guys, as well as all of them, they were all so hospitable. I really wanted to get back to Little Avondale because they had power fritters, mate. And I I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay, um, Sammy, I'll try and get back there, but <laughs> got a few to get around. Uh, so, yeah, just missed that one late on in the afternoon. If I stayed probably a little bit longer, I would have made it back there. But it was really good. Um, oh. and, 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 it, and it was really good to see a lot of people back out there. Beautiful, Kempi. Look, I'll be there next year. Get up a little bit more organised with the crew and can get us uh, all put into the calendar and I'll get there because I'd love to experience it. And just hearing all these names and just really putting faces to names and, and making a an impression on me throughout these last couple of years, I'm, I'm keen as to get along and, and 
I'll be a part and just see how it all works out and all the money that'll be flowing back and forward from these punters trying to buy the next Group 1 winning horse. So awesome, boys. Great great work yesterday and great to see SCNZ live and about at the Caracas sales. We've got a big show today, though, Kempi. What have we got coming up, bud? Yeah, look, coming up after 7, uh, we head back to Caracas to talk to one of the main men, the voices of the auction, Steve Davis to get his take on the return to Cracker for two, the 2023 sales. I uh, caught up actually with him briefly yesterday as he walked past the Woburn tent <laughs> at that stage I was in. Uh, then we'll talk some basketball, catching up with our good mate Tom Abercrombie about the Breakers' return to the finals and discussing an outstanding bounce-back season post-COVID. How good, back in the finals since 2018. And after eight, we're going to go talk some rugby, catching up with Naruhi Mugabe Black and finding out how their celebrations went after winning the Sydney Sevens, both them and the woman's tipping over the Aussies and Aussie. How good. Yeah. And uh, yeah. to round it out, we're going to go back and talks at NFL Super Bowl as the finalists have been confirmed with Patrick Mahomes' Kansas City Chiefs confirmed to play the Philly Eagles. So it's back to Philly to get the captain's insights, <laughs> which should be well worth the with the final, the price of the ticket of the final itself. So a big morning is big morning coming up. Big morning for sure. NFL, yeah. Patty Mahomes to find all odds. His ankle? What ankle? Well, we had some uh, punters on last week. They said they'll shoot him up with more things than you would ever know. And his ankle looked fine as anything. So he carried the Chiefs on his back to the Super Bowl. 29 throws, 43, uh, 29, 43 throws, 29 completions, 326 yards, two TDs. And Travis Kelsey, seven receptions with one TD. On the other side of it, Kempe, Joe Burrows. Ooh, he had a difficult night. A difficult night. I think he got sacked three times straight in one wee play. <laughs> he got pumped in the Chiefs. Well, you can see how how they felt post it um, regarding the, the Bengals when they were celebrating it was going to be Burrowhead Stadium. If I was the coach of the Chiefs, I would have played that throughout the entire week. And you can just see what it meant. Travis was spraying the Bengals. Uh, Bengals kind of reminded me, and Louis, you'd probably be able to uh, answer this as well, they kind of reminded me of the Memphis Grizzlies. Are they a bit too big for their shoes for a team that's won nothing? They get a bit full of themselves? Um, I think you could look at it like that. I don't think so. I think the Bengals are closer to a championship than the Grizzlies were when the Grizzlies were acting like that. I mean... Mm. I think the Bengals got a couple of pretty stiff calls yesterday, to be honest. I watched that game. That was something I did get to do back home while we were packing, watch that game. And I think overall... you weren't packing. uh, Wow. (laughs) Shannon was... I mean, I was there. (laughs) Emotional support. You're like like me, man. (laughs) I was in the room, so I I mean, you know, know, I was there. I think think the Bengals... uh, Look, the Burrowhead stuff, I mean, it's... Oh, you guys can answer it better than me. It's like well, you use anything as motivation and ammunition, right? Like if you hear someone... I, yeah, but talking, I don't feed them. Yeah. You don't feed the beast. But you've always said that. Don't, yeah. yeah, like I just... Yeah, I think they're their own worst enemies, the Bengals, with the way they went about things and, and saying that. Look, but that's NFL and that's American sport, Kempi. They love um, showing some appreciation and, and, you know, just really confidence about what they do. So I can't... I, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they did this, but it backfired anyway. And Well, the Chiefs are going to another Super Bowl, and it'll be interesting. Andy Reid, who coached the Chiefs to their Super Bowl win, 
not so long ago as coaching the Eagles. So I'd love to hear from the Philly captain what he has planned up his sleeve. The Philly captain, he's a hell of a character, isn't he, Kempe? Oh, he is, and he, he didn't actually want this as the final. So it'll be interesting to see whether or not he thinks they can get this one done. Um well, the Patrick Mahomes, the way that he played with that with that high ankle sprain right in the in the pocket, taking those those uh, I don't know what, I don't know what you're thinking when you're like your quarterback and you've got those big front men coming at you, and you and you and you're standing because they're not very big the the quarterbacks. Um, <laughs> I I watched a couple of those replays on him yesterday and thought. Yeah, they've done something to his ankle because there's no way in the world he would be standing that close to those blo- those big blokes coming at him. You know, one one wrong move and that's him. He's out. But he was out. He was outstanding. Yeah, he was outstanding for sure. And uh, it's going to be an interesting final. And I can't wait to hear from the Philly captain because he'll be right up and about the Phillies. Let's oh, go. So stay crazy. tuned. Stay tuned throughout the show. And 8.40, we'll have a chat to the Philly captain. But look, I, I can't. I reckon it's time to rip into this because there was some big, big news yesterday. And I really applaud uh, this person for, for coming out and, and having a say. So let's, let's rip into this. Can't wait question of the day. Yeah. No, Izzy, you're right. Um, I'll make it quick. Double eight double three. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. This was monumental news, to be honest. You can't really understate it. Do you think? And this is the Carmo question today, but it's a bigger conversation than a question. Campbell mm. Johnson. Um, if you missed the Seven Sharp episode last night, he's come out to and essentially said that he is gay and he is proud of who he is. And it's an inspirational message, and it's a very brave thing that he's done. It's probably not going to dawn on us about how big this is for a wee while yet. I think this will take one that it will soak in and it will wash over us for a long time. And um, I think you, you can, you can do is applaud Campbell. He played three tests for the All Blacks going back into the mid-2000s, played for the Crusaders in Canterbury. I remember watching him very vividly. And, oh, I mean, my can't wait question for you, Izzy and Kempe, is do you, do you think this brave decision will will inspire other former and current Footballers, um, we've seen it in other sports. It was only a matter of time for rugby. We've known that for a while, but hats off to Campbell Johnson. It's an amazing thing he's done. And uh, Izzy, I'll, you know, what do you think, mate? You've you've played with a lot of footballers, and you know a lot of former footballers, and and it's just, I think this is probably, I hope, going to make life easier for a lot of others out there. You know, mate, huge day. And I applaud him for his honesty. And it wouldn't have been easy for, for Campbell to come out and, and, you know, just the kind of stigma that, that you know, being an all-black is. You've got to be big, you've got to be brave, you've got to show no emotions. You've got to, you know, like just breaking down those those barriers over the last couple of years has been it's been momentous. And, um, mate, I really applaud him. It, yeah, it's a, it's a huge day. And, and this will help so many. I guarantee you, this will people out there will be just sign a, a breath of fresh air, just just a lot of relief coming out of them, knowing that someone else has broken the broken the ice, and they've come out and tackled it front on. And so Campbell Johnson, who actually is a Lindisfarne product as well, went to Lindisfarne. He's a a champion, so he's an old boy of of my school. I've got so much appreciation for what he's done and. Knowing the 
like potentially this could save many lives as well. People sitting at home, knowing that they're afraid of the backlash that they're going to get um, if they come out and, and and be open and honest about um, being being gay. Mate, I honestly, yeah, I, I think it's just hugely uh, wonderful news, and and I'm yeah got a lot of appreciation. And he actually went in and I caught it. Um, Quinn strange, he came in and woke me up. I was having a snooze on the couch. I said, what are you up to? He said, oh, mate, oh, we just had Campbell Johnson, and, and uh, he's doing a seven sharp thing, and he just sat down the whole entire Crusaders team and, and just took them through, um, you know, just caring for your mates and just being open and honest with, with each other and, and, you know, the judgment that's behind it. So, yeah, Crusaders franchise and, and Campbell Johnson. Couldn't be more proud to be a crusader, actually, and it's fun, old boy. Yeah, well done, absolutely well done, champion. Um, it just took me back to you know we obviously some of the biggest, toughest guys, um, you know, that can come out and actually mm. open up and and be honest um, with everybody about how they feel. Ian Roberts, back in the late eighties, when he came out um, when I was playing football in the NRL. Um, Mate, one of the one of the toughest blokes I've ever played against, you know, and mm. and and owned it, and has owned it ever since. So, um, you know, it, I, I guess the normality of it these days is that back in when you when you when you're tying the stigma to that jersey, for instance, is because it was back in the old days, big tough men. Back in the old days can be, you yeah. know, back in the old days. Now we're not we're not back in the old days, and you know we're living in the LGBTQ um, community um, with them in our family, um, sitting alongside us. You know they're no different to us. They've you know the orientations may be different, but to, for someone to finally come out with the All Blacks, I read that yesterday too. As in, I just said, man. Whoa, that's 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 so big. That's big news for uh, sport in New Zealand across the board. Uh, and you're dead right. The biggest thing here is a lot of people are just going, just have a big sigh of relief and go, oh, okay, mm. it's okay. Because there'll be a, there'll be plenty more coming out now. You know, oh, for sure. I'll take the next step. They'll say thanks, thanks a lot, Campbell. You really, you really helped me. And um, yeah, well done, Campbell. I've got to say that. Well done, mate. You did a uh, you well. You're just who you are, and and well done. Nothing else to say. Yeah, I just know the impact that I created when I come out and just was open about my depression and, you know, just being what I've been going through with mental health and the messages I received were just overwhelming and I just kind of didn't really understand the impact I was having. Um, so I kind of get it now and I know um, Campbell will be having the same impact and no doubt plenty of people will be reaching out and just applauding them and saying thank you and they feel like they can um, they probably didn't need someone else to, to do it but this is laying the, the foundations and uh, yeah really applaud Campbell so I can't wait question of the day do you think Campbell Johnson's brave decision to share his story as a gay or black will inspire other former or potentially current professional footballers to do the same. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bed Post text machine. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Yes, welcome back. We're talking about our can't wait question of the day. Campbell Johnson announced yesterday that he is gay and he's become the first person to announce that he's uh, a gay rugby player, former rugby player. So we've asked the question, will this encourage or potentially uh, encourage current or past footballers to do the same. And Tim from Christchurch has given us a call, 0800 150 811 on the Kennard's High phone line. Morning, Tim. 
Morning. Morning. Good, thanks, mate. Um, what, do, what do you reckon about the news yesterday regarding Campbell Johnson? Oh, look, I, I just admire his courage. I think it's, it's awesome for not only, you know, the LBTQ community, but rugby, you know, New Zealand. It's a, kind of like the final bastion of New Zealand machoism that's been, been shattered, and I, I just applaud him and think it's great. I also think that for once the New Zealand Rugby Union did the right thing, and their, their sort of tweet that they, that they did about it was also really good. And also the symbolism of doing it at Rugby Park I thought was really good as well. So I think it's been handled really well all round. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, Tim. I think it's it's been handled um, wonderfully by the team. And I've got to give my hats off to Rob Nicholl. He's part of the Rugby Players Association. He was at the front yesterday uh, in the interviews and everything. So he's helping him through this journey as well. So I appreciate your call, Tim. Have a good day, mate. Cheers, mate. Uh, just a couple of messages here as well on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Morena lads, what Campbell has done is break the glass ceiling. It may take years for the next bloke to come out, but he's made an option and in taking the stigma of being the first away. The players nowadays are more and more open with themselves and with the public, but it's still something that's not spoken about. Good on him and awesome stuff from Paddy. He agrees. Um, this is just, well... A little scratch on the ceiling at the moment there, Kempe, but it'll encourage many, many more um, to do so. But on the other side, Chris says no, don't think it will. Too low profile. So he's thinking maybe plenty of players out there probably won't know who Campbell Johnson is and that won't encourage them to get it done. But I disagree. I think it's enough. Someone's mm. come out. He's been an all-black. played three games. He's played 300 games. He's still an all-black. you got an all-black number, and I think it'll encourage plenty. Yeah, and it's, it has. It's got the all-black the All Black name um, attached to it, you know, which is our national sport. Uh, and once that, that's mentioned, you know, there's a lot of lot of kids, especially today, that uh, are probably playing rugby or thinking about playing rugby and and know that stigma that's attached to it, as our texter was saying. So uh, it's just releasing that tension that goes around that, you know. And, and the other thing about it too, it's all the family members that are actually attached to an All Black, for instance, that maybe... Um, uh, you know, in the in the LGBTQ uh, community, so I just think all round, it's not just about players; it's about everyone else. Look, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. I, I remember being in the UK once, and we went around. We used to get all fine. We used to win bottles of champagne, magnums of champagne. We used to tally them all up, and then we're going to have a poker night. You know, and the boys it was just a culture, build some culture, and have a good thing. And one of the one of the um, boys put a night on one night, and we, we were there and. He had his brother over, and we said, "Oh, well, where's your brother?" And he said, "Oh, look, he's upstairs, but he's a bit embarrassed to come down here." And I said, "And you know, one of the boys said, well, what is that?'" He says, "You know, because he's gay." And we were like, well, "Well, mate, we don't really care. Like, get him down here. Like, you know, come bring, come down and have some fun with us." And from that moment on, it was just releasing the tension, you know, because the stigma isn't just about the players; it's about everyone else that is around that that player that may yep. be um, in that community that feels the same tension. So someone has to say something, you know what I mean? And what Campbell's done is he's released the pressure valve, not just on the players, but everyone else that's associated with it. Yep, beautiful, Kempe. Totally, totally agree. We're going to shoot off and we'll come back with some headlines with Louis. We'll get a little update what's going on here and abroad.
Rory McIlroy doing the big one over Patrick Reed. How good is that? Before then, here's Ottawa with the news for Kubota. Building and shaping the future. We hope around Auckland today that there's not too much decimation and devastation. It's actually not necessarily Auckland, I should say. It's it's up north, it's down in the Coromandel that the worst of it's going to hit. So, oh, it was pretty horrendous getting into work this morning. Lots of wind and water. I'm just hoping next time we step outside there isn't floods again, like lots of people. So hopefully if you don't have to travel today, you don't do that and you can stay home and just try and... Guess look after your house. Looks pretty bleak out there. Izzy pointed it out. Rory McIlroy is victorious after going down the straight with Patrick Reed. How good is that? Dubai Desert Classic. <laughs> Ryan Fox finished in a, a tie of 20th. I think he shot one over today. But the world number one Rory McIlroy uh, birdied the final two holes to shoot a four under 68. Now that is clutch to win by yeah. one shot. And there is so much tension there at the moment between Patrick Reed after he flicked his live golf tee at <laughs> Rory McIlroy. So that's a big result from the world of golf. And how's this stateside? Into America we go. Imagine how pissed off Auckland would be if after the Crusaders won Super Rugby Pacific, they then lit the Sky Tower up red and black. Imagine it. I'd love it. <laughs> Imagine well, it. They, they light it up every other colour. I don't see why well, not. What have, has yeah. the Empire State Building in New York done? It's lit the... <laughs> The, the colours of the Philadelphia Eagles up in New York, the divisional rivals, after they bet New York the week earlier. And apparently the, the building said, well, it was in the, they have a booking system and it was always in the booking to have to go up in the colour of the NFC and the AFC champions. But come on, guys. So Read the room. That is shocking. They're, they're doing their job. They're doing their job. I love it. I love it. There would be nothing better. I mean, nothing better than lighting up the Sky Tower in red and black. Wouldn't it be good? Wouldn't it be good? Ken, double eight, double three, would you just love to see red and black flying high and proud in the beautiful city of Sales, Auckland? Let us know. I know you would. They should have done it last year when we pumped you at home. How good. Um <laughs> And just on that Rory McIlroy situation, Louis again, Kempi. Is there anyone that Rory hasn't fought from LOV, or is he just going to try and take them all out and just try and get under everyone's skin? He's just got something on his plate, and he hates it. He's he has got a real uh, bee in his bonnet, <laughs> and I've actually said this. The more I think about. LIV and the more I talk about live and, and hear and learn about it, I am a little bit not worried, but I'm I'm weary for guys like Rory and Justin Thomas that in say a decade's time where the Live Tour is just a normal tour on the golfing sporting world like the IPL is, they might look back at some of their stances they took and some of the things they said and be a bit embarrassed because they're gonna have to they're gonna have to coexist with guys like Cam Smith and Patrick Reed. They have and to, yeah. They're gonna have to coexist. So this hardline stance that guys like Rory have taken, they might kind of come across like masters in the end, Kempi. Yeah. It's evolution, mate. Look, they're angry. They you know, they need they need to take it out on someone. And look, if, you, if you're winning and you're getting under their skin, well, Rory's winning. You know what I mean? He'd be happy. Um, <laughs> but, 
It's it's not going away. I think the I think mm. sport, especially that live model, man, we've got we've got so much more in other sports to come. They'll be following that model. Mm. I think this is the only the like Rory has really <laughs> just cemented his stance on what he thinks about the LIV. Justin Thomas, I think he's got a potential chance, but there has to be coexistence. Like Tiger Woods is on his way out. We know his stance. He's all for the PGA because that's where he's forged his eighty-two wins, and it'd be wrong if he left them. But yeah, I'm I'm a little bit worried for the PGA as well. Louis, I'm a little. But the LIV is gaining traction. They're getting players. They've got numbers right behind. They've just signed a uh, broadcasting uh, deal as well, not too long ago. So they're they're gaining traction. The thing I don't really, the thing that I think is a bit ironic about Rory is what Live Golf is good for World Golf. Live is the mm. tour that's bringing events down to Australia. There's an event in I think South Australia in April. They go to Asia. Like Live has become more global than the PGA Tour is already. Yeah, there's the WGC events, the World Golf Championship events. But Rory's a Northern Irishman. Professional you know golf this association. This is a battle of egos. It's like PGA. It's it's you know he's an adopted American. We know this about Rory, but. Um, like I think for world golf, like I'm surprised he kind of hasn't seen the bigger picture a wee bit. Mm. Like it's a battle of the egos. I reckon Louis and Kempi like this is between Greg Norman and Roy McIlroy, and Greg Norman has got his army around him, and anyone that goes along and, and supports Greg Norman is going to get a barrage of, of words from Rory. So yeah, it's it's an interesting <laughs> oh, look. I, I think. There needs to be coexistence, and there is going to be coexistence because they're here now, LIV. So Rory, he won't change his tune. He'll continue on, and whoever makes the, the switch is going to get sprayed. So if you're going to go sign the dotted line for millions and millions of dollars, just expect to be sprayed by the one and only Rory McIlroy, who continues to win. And I was very, very proud because, well, Patrick Reed. Bit of an out of it chap. Anyway, <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> let's go shoot off, and uh, we'll come back with Quizzy Dag. Quizzy Dag coming up. Oh, 811 to take on the Quizmaster and Costa. Morning, boys. How's is it? How's the belly enjoying those yummy colonoscopy preparation drinks? Good times. Well, Costa, I've lost about four kilos, and I'm about to go lose half or more kilos. So here you go. Come back. Take on me, Quizmaster. <laughs> this is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. DAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, welcome in. Time for Quizzy Dag. Brad, you're too late, mate. Bottom of the list. That's what happens when you call. Late into the piece, you go bottom of the pole. No, I'm just joking, Brad. Great to have you on, brother. Always look forward to chatting to you later on in the show. But coming up, we've got Brett. He's always first to go. And then we'll go over to our good friend, if he gets a chance shortly. Brett from Hartley. Morena Matua, how are you doing? Good to play a hoop. 
Kia ora. Kia ora, having a good morning, brother. Uh, when I crossed the river this morning, um, I couldn't quite see it, but the reflection was a lot closer than what it was supposed to be. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, plenty of water. water there, plenty right. of water there. I hope you're doing okay and you haven't got too much damage, mate. Good luck for, for the quiz. Give yourself a chance to go buy some more power pies. Here we go. The Super Bowl contenders have now been decided. Who are they? It's Patty uh, and the Chiefs and Jalen mm-hmm. and the Eagles. Yep, the Eagles, Kansas City Chiefs. Question number two. Novak Djokovic has taken back number one spot in the rankings after his Aussie Open win. But where does the runners-up, runner-up Stefanos Tsitsipas sit? What number? Uh, we'll go three. Oh, he is guess. third. <laughs> he is third. Great guess. <laughs> After the final T20 against India on Thursday morning, name the next two teams the Black Caps play. Oh, we're playing uh, Bears. Mm-hmm. Playing Bears in, at the Mount, and uh, I think Sri Lanka is coming after them. Bang! Brett, don't miss much. Here we go. Question number four. Are we going to have back-to-back days of a, of a Fifa? Maybe. Manchester United. Continue their EFL Cup run on Thursday with the second leg of their semi-final against who? The what? The EFL? What's that? Oh, EPL, sorry. EPL. EPL. Oh. EPL, <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, Manchester United continue their EPL Cup run on no, Thursday. That's the EFL. That's the English Football League, is it, Robbie? I think. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. AFL. In the second league. So, if it's the second league, that's the FA Cup, isn't it? Yeah, I th- no, there's there's another one. Remember, there's the, it's the, is this the old League Cup, I'm guessing? Yes. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah. Stop talking uh, back. Well, they're playing. The, <laughs> Stop buying yourself <laughs> time and answer the question. Is that Christmas um, Nottingham Forest? Oh. Oh. <laughs> See? Boo. What have you done there? You knew the answer. Ooh. What is the bloody question, eh? I see what you're doing there. I Sunday. only knew a Christmas story. <laughs> it's not Sunday, okay? Oh. I'm on to you now. I'm on to you. Here we go. Question number five. Ask a question to go. Your rail. <laughs> Father's Day. The NRL. Are you listening? Open your ears. The NRL, you know the NRL, gets underway at the start of March. Who do our Warriors take on first in Wellington? The Knights in Wellington. (laughs) (laughs) Too easy. (laughs) You're too easy. I don't know what they taught at Linda's farm. (laughs) (laughs) Just open your ears. Go get that wax out. All right? (laughs) Nah. No, I'm just trying to read, understand um, Robbie's handwriting. It was difficult today. <laughs> Have but, a good um, day, Brett. Well, and there you go, 59 tab. I got on the punt on Saturday. Did you? Where are you going to put this one? Uh, next year's Super Bowl Miami Dolphins. You heard it here first. <laughs> oh, don't, mate. Don't waste your money. We don't just waste got a new defensive coordinator. Uh, you need no him. chance. You need him for sure. All right, Brett, we'll chat tomorrow, mate. Appreciate it. Good, my bro. Here he is.
Cassie Brett. We have a back-to-back days where they've gone Pfeiffer, five straight. Are they a bit easy? Mm. I'll have to go reassess and uh, maybe go learn how to read. All right, we'll shoot off. We'll come back with a little love racing update for the one and only Louis Herman Watt. Yes, welcome back. Coming up to 7 a.m. And, well, get your taringers open and listening because it's time for a love racing update. The Grand Tour Racing Festival is coming to you with Louis Herman Watt. What do you got for us, Louis? Well, you get lots of bully when you walk around the sales yards. You get lots of um, tips and lots of information, and it's up to you to be able to decipher them and work out who's full of shit and who might actually know something. So <laughs> there's plenty of that going on. Uh, and I think there was some genuine mail, actually. One we can't tell you about, but I'll be, um, I won't be here, but Kempi, actually, how will we tell you about it? This will be tricky because mm. it's, yeah... Because it's for Monday, and you won't get the odds until Sunday. Ooh, we we'll have to work out on a mailing system how we're going to fill you in on that one. We can't. We can tell you as you. We can. We've got a WhatsApp. Group. Tell me, mate. We've got. We, we, tell we, me. we can tell you. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Don't worry about anyone else, mate. Don't worry about them. How are we going to tell the punters? <laughs> I'll work on that one. I'll work on that one. Try to figure out how we how we're going to get that mail out. But I've got some mail. My, this is my personal mail. I think. Mm-hmm. The New Zealand Derby winner and the New Zealand Oaks winner for 2023 yeah. are going to race against each other tomorrow at Tarapa. Wow. And race eight. What race is it? Race eight? Race eight. Okay, I'll go have a look. Go and have a look. Is he? See if you can tell me who it is. I think the Derby okay. winner and the Oaks winner race against each other in the Legacy Lodge Waikato Guineas tomorrow at Tarapa. How cool is it that we get a, a bit of midweek, a bit of a midweek treat here? Um, some Wednesday group racing. It's a great race, and, and quite often it's used as a lead-up, and uh, you, you do get these derby types come through here and win, and there's some beautiful chances in here. Waitak uh, has been going huge. Huge, 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 and is a genuine derby horse. Cruise Missile for Marshy is another horse that will be on a derby path. The Intimidator hasn't got a jockey book yet for Andrew Forsman, but is a very good horse. Full of Sincerity, another horse uh, that another uh, horse that probably will, will appreciate getting up in trip. Uh, Sadaka down there for Marshy and Go Racing, the Savabeel filly. I assume she's on an Oaks path. And uh, in between there, Denby Road, 14s into $8. Well, this gets punted every time. And even Devildom for Lance and Andrew, again, who have had so much success in the derby, is right there in the market. But, Izzy, do you know who's going to win the derby? Wytek taking on Polygon? No. Polygon wins the Oaks. Yep, Polygon wins the Oaks. Um, I can't think of the other one. You're getting $21 right now. $21. $21. It's a former Karaka Million winner. Arby. Dynastic. Dynastic, you reckon? Dynastic's going to win the derby, man. You heard it here first. Ooh. I think Dynastic is bred to win a derby, and the Karaka Million win last year might have thrown people off the scent, but he's being gelded. Watch, go back and watch his race in the Karaka Classic a couple of weeks ago. See him hit the line. Tomorrow I expect him to win at $10 and at $3.30. He'll go very, very close. I think he'll run a place, <laughs> and I think he wins the derby. There you go. Okay, there you go. 10 bucks. That's, oh, that's some juicy odds. I wasn't looking past I, I didn't. I looked straight past Dynastic because I saw his form as late. It's been poor. 
But it got gouted. And well, from what I'm hearing, Pango, yeah, they're going to go on and win and win big things. Here's Adol Howe with the news for Kubota, building its shape in the future. Good morning, Izzy Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Well, I'm a little bit hangry today. I'm hangry as anything, and I can't believe, I've just kind of figured it out. I'll get up bloody early, and I'll just chuck on any clothes, and I'm as loud as anything this morning because... I've been taking the sachets that uh, drop a few kegs on the nice. So it's a good way to start the shred. Good way to start the shred. But I've just realised, Kempi, I'm wearing white. Yeah. And, um, mm, uh, yeah, it's probably a disaster waiting to happen, isn't it? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Get rid of the white, son. Get rid of it before you go in. <laughs> oh, I know. I will. I'll be changing my outfit for a head in straight after this. Up, but I'll son. tell you one, up. one thing I'll be taking in is these. Croc City, baby. Croc City, all souped up, ready to go in and get me colonoscopy later on this morning. But before then, we've got plenty to come up, Kempe. So, who we got next? Yeah, day two of the Caracas sales came to a close yesterday, and it was the international heavies that made their presence felt, snagging eight of the ten top lots. There was some gorgeous bloodstock through the ring, including Melody Bell's little sister by Piero snagging 500k and a two-darn-hot colt prepared by Trelawney being knocked down for $750,000. That'll be trained by Kieran Ma-, Ma in Australia. It's not too often you get to see a master at the peak of their powers, but if you head out to Karaka this week, you'll get just that as our man Steve Davis, the GOAT, with a gavel, puts on an absolute clinic, and he's been good <laughs> enough to join us this morning. Off the rostrum to take the call. Good morning, Steve. How are you, mate? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, very well. Apart from the weather, I've got web feet. I like everybody else. Hey, <laughs> mate. It's, a, it, it's been a bit of a feeling out process on that uh, that day one. Did you yesterday get some good rhythm going for you in the ring? Well, look, it was a bit patchy early on. I think just the market trying to find its feet. But uh, no, look, it settled down. And yesterday we've seen, uh, you know, increases in turnover and. Uh, the uh, clearance rate improving all the time. So, no, I think uh, the market's settling down and hopefully today the conclusion of book one, uh, you know, we've simply more of the same. Was that that Aussie currency coming over? We know they had a difficult time trying to touch down an NZ, but did, they fa- um, did you feel their presence on the ground? Yeah, you do. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, racing in Australia, uh, God bless them, uh, the stake money on offer, etc. <laughs> there's a real desire uh, to raise horses. You know, we're seeing green shoots here, people wanting to get back into the industry, but, you know, it's just a sheer volume. I think, what are they, I mean, something like $3 million races, if you, you know, extend it over the year, there's $3 million races every two weeks or something um, on average. You know, it's just the amount of money that's available over there and uh, syndicators, et cetera. And, and the beautiful thing is our New Zealand horses, you know, we're punching above our weight. You know, unlike the Warriors, uh, we're going really well, you know. <laughs> hey, Steve, <laughs> having a chat, you've got somewhere close to 75 80% clearance rate. You've got, uh, we are talking to Russell Warwick yesterday, saying there's a lot of young faces out of Australia coming over, like you said. Are you noticing um, that? <laughs> it's you... only young because he's so old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you noticing the young you know, the young boys from Aussie having a decent crack at the Karaka sales? Yeah, they are. You know, and it's good to see these young guys. Obviously, I sell in Australia, so I see them 
you know, around the various sales there, and it's good to and finally to get them back after COVID. Mm. Uh, you know, that was the talk last year. They wanted to come back. They were, you know, they were here to some extent for the two-year-old sale, but. You know, when I was there at the coast, uh, you know, everybody wanted to come. I just said, make sure you got accommodation because there's a bloke that plays the piano going to be there. And, uh, you know, accommodation was at a, at a you know, limited. But uh, thankfully they're here. And despite the rain, they, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about Caracas is at least we've got the facilities to look at the horses. You know, geez, there's some places around the yeah. world where, you know, you have horse sales, you wouldn't be able to see them. Well, what's your approach, Steve? What's your approach on... Uh how you approach a sale. Do you judge how hard you push the bid on how much money you know they have or just ease off? Well, how do you approach it, mate? Well, you're just trying to, you know, milk the coconut, I suppose. You're just trying to eke it out. You're trying to, you're trying to say the one thing that's going to encourage them to have another bid. And uh, as, I, as I say, that I, do, I do know a lot of these guys and over the years, you know, I'm a bit like Russell Warwick. You are getting that age now where, you know, you remember their father's bidding. Um, so, you know, it's, it's great. It's great to be able to work with them and you're trying to look to say something about the horse or about something, you know, that's going to get them to put their hand up. And, uh, you know, mm. thankfully that's occurred on a lot of occasions. It doesn't happen all the time. You know, you've got to be careful you don't insult them and that's the one thing you don't want to do. You know, you got, it, it, I suppose it depends on the personality of the person you're talking to. And that's the wonderful thing about yeah. Caracas. I can see them. You know, I can physically see them face-to-face. Some of the other places around the world I sell, uh, you're reliant on your bid spotters uh, to engage with them because I can't see where they are or who they are, you know. Mm. So who's the easiest easiest to pull the wool over, mate? Who do you love getting into a bidding wall with? Oh, uh, you know, I, I think Graham Rogerson uh, is probably the one person that you, you know, it's, it's a battle of wits with Graham. Uh, he's the one person. Invariably, he wins too, which is unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, look, he's one of the personalities and the characters of the industry. You know, it's it's great. You know, and. Uh, God bless him. You know we need more of them. David Ellis, uh, you know he's obviously there. You try and eke, uh, eke out as much as uh, he can, but he's been a great supporter. And again, he's stepping up to the plate and buying some lovely. Gee, he stole one yesterday. Actually, I, I you know should have called the police when he bought one yesterday. But anyway, um, <laughs> who was that? What was that? <laughs> Oh, uh, the capitalist filly uh, of Westbury's, actually. Uh, that's probably why Russell's so depressed. Uh, he got away with it. He, he, he stole one yesterday. Uh, she looked very cheap for mine, but uh, I didn't sell her, but, uh, gee, she looked great buying. So. There, there was a, there was a oh. few of those out there, Steve. I got accosted in the ring yesterday, uh, laid on by one of, the, one of the old trainers, and he said, mate, I bought that bloody Purincano for 30 grand, and you pushed it up to 40. And I was like... Mate, I didn't even—I didn't even have a look at that. He goes, "You, the, it was you with a black hoodie on." I went, "Mate, I'm not the only bloke walking around here with a black hoodie on." You know, and he's, he's spearing—he's spearing out to spend another ten grand. But when you get the DC Alice's and the Rogersons um, and the Fallsmans together bidding on a horse, that must be pretty exciting. Yeah, you're throwing a Roger James and uh, and a few of these other boys. And, now nah, look, it's exciting to see. And uh, we saw that with the big horse yesterday, Too Darn Hot. I think there was probably maybe seven or eight bidders on the horse. And there were some standing there that actually didn't even put their hand up. They were prepared to bid on the horse but uh, went beyond their budget. So, you know, that's excitement. And, you know, and, and the beautiful thing, too, it fills the ring when a horse, you know, a good horse walks in. The place just uh, fills up, you know, the pit down by the uh, the rostrum area is all full. People are there, there's anticipation, and, uh, yeah, it's great to see. Great to see it. 
Mate, how much form do you have to do here to each day? If we broke it down to each yearling you are responsible for, how long would you spend studying them? Who's listening to this program? Will the people pay? <laughs> no. Yeah, look, um, yeah, I spend days. It's days. No, look, I, uh, I, physically, uh, I physically go and look at every horse I sell. Or every uh, tent. As a result. Uh, no, well, that comes with it. You get the odd free cup of coffee. But no, look, at the end of the day, I look at every horse I sell. And as a result, I probably look at the pedigree of the horse. I do the updates on the pedigree. The stallions look at the. Pe- I probably look at the pedigree four times. In fact, uh, I was just sitting today going through my runs that I've got, just making sure that I've identified everything I need to be saying about it. So, yeah, it does you know? I mean, at the end of the day, boys, it's you know, these breeders have taken two and a half years to get their horse to this stage, and they get two minutes. Yeah. You know, you've got to give it your best. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it's like speed yeah. dating, as I've always said. You've got to get the buyer and the seller together. Yeah. Hey, Steve, you must have, you must have a story where one's come in and it's, and it's been absolutely stolen and gone on one a million dollars. What's the name of that horse? Well, probably octagonal. Uh, although, so you think only made 110. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's the beautiful thing. And we got book two coming up, you know. And there's some nice horses. I've started looking at those, obviously, because that uh, we start book two on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, through to Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, look, you know, who knows where the next champion? Thankfully, they don't come out with stamps on their forehead. So, <laughs> the beautiful thing. Um, you know, we sell dreams, and every horse has that potential of fulfilling that dream. But, uh, yeah, I suppose in terms of uh, raw ability and, and, you know, what was shown, you get the likes of, uh, you know, So You Think You Came Through made 110 and, and Octagon or 210. They were probably the two best buys ever. Hey, Steve Butch Castles, mate, his, uh, his little filly went through yesterday, didn't, didn't get to the prices that he was hoping. Did you, were you there for that one? No, look, I couldn't identify. We don't, I wasn't. I could hear him in the back of the rostrum, but I was actually. There was, was talk he was going to walk it in. So. Well, is that right? Yeah, uh, they couldn't but, find a shirt big yeah. enough for him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like, they tell me he had a share in the horse that won the million anyway, so I wonder he didn't want to sell it. Oh, he's got shares in about 15 of them. But, hey, look, book two uh, is way underrated. Um they reckon, we're talking yesterday, me and Louie out there, book two and book three, they reckon are where the real money's going to start to come. Uh, well, I don't know about book three because there is no book three. That's online. But book two, boys, it's three days of book two. That might be where the confusion is. But look, there are some really nice horses. I've seen those already. Uh, and while they may not have the pedigree of those that have gone through before them in book one, uh, the physical you know, confirmation, that's where, that's where you've got a trained eye. If you're a trainer or a person that loves their bloodstock to come in and pick one out and, uh, and it goes on and those pedigrees become the book ones of the future. Yeah, Awesome. Great to see you out there yesterday, Steve. And uh, thanks a lot for joining us this morning. I was here, Kempe, for breakfast. Yeah, go well, Cheers, mate. Steve. Keep it, keep it, keep it, rank, rank it right <laughs> through the place there and ramp them up. Get those boys buying plenty. Yeah, hey, listen, I've got to say, uh, uh, to the handlers, the people out there, the guys and the girls that uh, bring the horses, and my, my thoughts go out to them with the weather we've had and the weather predicted to come forward. They, they've done a sterling job getting those horses into the ring, so my thoughts out to those that are working the studs and the confiners, so well done to them. Yeah, nice touch, Steve. Yep, they work hard. Uh, go well. Enjoy today. Cheers, mate. Bye, mate. Bye. There you go, Steve Davis, yeah. mate. And they do. They're so good with a gavel um, mm. out there. So you go in there, sit in there, listen to them. They... Honestly, you don't know where the bids are coming from sometime, but they don't miss anyone.
They don't miss anyone. Yeah. I, you know what I like watching about the bidding is the style. You know, like mm. the DC Ellis's and the Alan Sharrocks and the way that they actually sneak around and hide behind a pole or this their little style that they've got buying horses. So um, these guys, mate, Steve Davis, the boys on the top there, they're well on top of their job. Get plenty. That's a, that's a great leveller, the horse, horse game. Like, you, you think of the Melbourne Cups over the last, well, how many years and, and the sheiks and, and the, the the rich people from over in Dubai that continue to go buy these million-dollar horses and then some little old horse that was bought at Caracal or Octagon. wherever for a hundred-odd grand goes on and wins these big races. And that's what I love. You can have all the money in the world, but if you've got the sharp eye, you can actually pinch one. And that's what we've seen in the last couple of years and, and well, generations Someone's gone on and pinched the sail, and then bang, it's gone on and won big things. That's what I love mm. about this this great guy. You just don't know what these horses are going to do, what they're feeling, how they're feeling, how they're going to run. You know, if only they could talk, they can't. So you've just got to trust the process of getting them up to date and getting them trained and, and ready to race. And uh, yeah, so it's awesome. It's awesome. 50 grand horse can go on and win 50 million. Or whatever, that's exaggerated, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I was walking around with Al yesterday, and he said, there's a champion here, mate. It's just no one knows which one it is. But there <laughs> is one here, you know. So, and, and, you know, so you think $110,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. Going on to win so much uh, more for those lucky owners. And, and that's what you hope as an owner, that you've just got that luck. Did you see one, Louis? Did you see a champion? <laughs> I'm sure I did somewhere. I'm sure I did somewhere. I guess so, the, there's got to be one that just goes bang. Oh, that's it. Well, that's it. Look, I guess that's why these. I mean, it's so. Some horses are as close to perfect yearlings as you can get. And like the two darn hot colt yesterday, Steve said there were about seven people that had bids, and there would have been another five in there that wanted to bid, but just didn't even get near it. So you can all have the same opinion, and it, and you can see these horses that are perfectly conformed and have the pedigree page and everything, and, and it's pretty obvious. And every sale you go to, you might be able to pick ten to fifteen lots out. With by the time you get around them and you see the pedigree pages, you go, "Yep." But you, the one thing you don't know, and this is where book two comes into it, you can't see the size of the horse's heart, you can't see what's inside its head and what sort of <laughs> temperament it has once it becomes a racehorse. Because they can, you know, be gentle and, and lovely and have great temperaments and, and heads and mentalities at the at the sales yard and they can get through the ring. But once you put the pressure on them and you ask them to be racehorses, well, that's a different kettle of fish altogether. And that's where book two for value, and even it's not book three now, it's the online book. You can find some, you know, they might have slight issues or they might not scope clean or, you know, they might have some... Um, we were talking to Mark Baker yesterday, Kempe, mm. about some horses... Good chat. They, they've got, you know, and he's, he's put it in perspective and he talks to he talked about some wily old trainers that don't even look at the... They don't necessarily have to look at the uh, at the x-rays because they go, ah, oh, it just needs time, it'll be a stayer. Pete Moody. You know, it's like these, these horses, they... You know, some some people can you can talk yourself out of a horse because it needs it to be perfect. Well, if the horse has a big heart and it wants to be a great racehorse, it will be regardless of its yeah. X-rays and how it scopes. So, it, it it is a lottery. Like that's it is the leveler. It's a good way to put mm. it, is he? And it's a great game. That they call it the great game for so many different reasons, but one of them is because you never really know. And like Al Sharrock <laughs> had three the three favourites in a Wellington Cup, and didn't even run a place. 
and and like this is and it's racing. It's racing. It's the great game. It's mm. just there's so many moving parts to it. So you can't never get too far ahead of yourself, and you can never get too down on your luck because. And that's why you talk, Kempi. You know, you you spend time around racing people. They're such middle, calm. They just don't get too high. They don't get too low. No, right? They're just no. flat lines. <laughs> no, that's exactly right. They're not telling. You know, what was I talk, talking to Mike Moroni yesterday about Tavachi? You know, like the, the other thing too is that all of them have their favourites. So when you see you know a, a good sire going through with a with a good um, mare and that's their favourite, well they're going to punt it. Because they and, know the horse, and that's why Roggy and Rod Roggy's so funny. Graham Rogerson, ah, oh, you hear some stories. They know that Roggy wants a good Savabile because he trains Savabile, right? So, you know, you get people in the ring that if they see a Savabile coming, and Roggy is interested, and this is why they, this is where the ring craft comes in. You know, this is why some people hide behind posts because all of a sudden, oh, someone might just drive Roggy up a couple of hundred k, knowing he's going to he's going to go. <laughs> he's gonna he, going to keep going. He wants it. <laughs> So this is there's, there is proper ring craft to the the bidding part of it as well. Yeah, those people were down oh, there. When my, I'd hate that. <laughs> do you reckon he knows that? Yeah. Oh, be of course he knows it. That's all part of the game, mate, mate. Not much gets past good old Roggie. Not much gets past him. Oh, I'll be spewing. I'll be absolutely spewing if I had to spend a couple of more hanji to get my Savabil Colt. So good. I uh, love that chat. Steve Davis, auctioneer out at uh, Caracas, and he's done a great job. I love hearing their voices. Man, they've got a great pitch and tune to how they speak and pronounce and, and just have a good old chat. They're very, very witty. They are the auctioneers. Anyway, we'll shoot off. We'll come back with Off the Back Fence with Kempe, and no doubt we have plenty to say. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. What a deluge of rain and stormy weather we've had this past few days and it got me thinking, who will create the biggest storm this year with so much sport coming our way? Here's my top three picks that will create a bit of a storm this coming year. Number one, the players will walk and strike action will take place in the NRL. Yes, when you want to be heard and the earmuffs at NRL headquarters won't come off, then I'm picking the players unanimously vote to strike this coming NRL season. The CBA is becoming the defining moment for the game as a two-factions jockey that become the voice of reason. Will the players walk the talk and decide that striking is the only way the NRL will listen to their demands? I'm picking that they will. The second, Razor Robinson will be confirmed as the All Blacks coach before this year's World Cup kicks off. The most successful Super Rugby coach will become the saviour for the NZR when he is named head coach of the All Blacks, taking the reins and sitting inside the World Cup campaign so that he can get a handle on things before he takes over. Razor will bring along his own team of coaches to support him and the only survivor of the current coaching team will be, yes, you guessed it, is Jace Ryan. It's a bold move by the NZR and it will see Razor, Razor help regain their status as the best rugby team in the world. Number three, the Roosters will deliver Nick Politis one hell of a present in his 30th year as head of Eastern Sydney City Club by winning this year's NRL competition. Brandon Smith's move, full-time to his favourite hooking position, develops a lethal Roosters spine with Tedesco, Walker and Carey, while Joey Manu and Joseph Swali tear it up out wide. 
Brandon Smith, he'll also pick up the Daily M and after winning the grand final will decide that New Zealand is a place he wants to live. Signing for the Warriors and returning in 2025, how good! <laughs> One thing's for sure, lads, 2023 is looking to be one hell of a year in sport. And I'm sure there'll be plenty more storms this year to look out for. What's yours is? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Beautiful, Kempy. Great little leader. Yeah, that's interesting to see if they do strike. I know we're going to get some news shortly, but I love number two. Number two, Razor Robinson, Land the Allbacks coach. I'm hoping, I'm predicting all signs are leading to that announcement coming up shortly. Um, the big question in from that is who's going to be his assistant and is it going to be a complete clean-out? Knowing that all the individual uh, management team are individually signed to NZR, will Razor Ray have full reins to take over and give it a full old thorough clean-out? That'll be interesting. So who assistants for Razor Ray? I know Jace Robinson will stay in there. Jamie Joseph. Um, so there's Jamie Joseph, you think? Tony Brown. Where's he going to fit? Leon nah, McDonald. They won't. Are <laughs> you just throwing out names? Are you kidding Tony Brown will go and be coached with Jamie Joseph if he gets it, but there'll be a backs assistant and there'll be a defense coach. Can't you Fourth just, coach is already sorted. Can't you just think of just putting all the best – like that's the, all I'm thinking about, putting all the best coaches in the so – I know it won't happen. Is, I know it won't happen, but I think you know. I think one of the, the prerequisites of Razor signing is that he does get to decide who his coaches are. So you'd have more idea than we would of that because they'd probably all come from the South Island, wouldn't they? Nah, la la. I don't think so. I think Jason Holland. Jason Holland will be uh, attack coach or or um, or defensive coach. So Jason Holland will come in and probably take D. You got Leon McDonald will probably take attack and um, backs play. So Leon, he's a fantastic backs coach. I mm. can see him, but he's been head coach for a long time now. So I just. I haven't heard whether he that's something that really um, he, he's he's leaning towards. So have to watch that space. And then you got Jace Ryan. The interesting one is the management group. Like you've got Darren Shand, who's been in there for an age, a very very long time. You got Gilbert Anoka, who's got so much experience and knowledge of the All Blacks jersey and what it takes to manna. Um, you got Nick Gill, who's the trainer. You've got Pete Gallagher, who's the physio. You've got George Duncan, who's the massage therapist and, and body prep. There's just so many um, cogs to this well-oiled machine, but whether they're going to make a full change, that's probably the, the interesting one for me. So mm. I don't know. Let us know. Double eight, double three. Uh, top three storms of the year from Kempe. Players will walk and will strike against the CBA and the NRL will be no more. Razor Ray Robinson named the All Blacks coach. Who will be his assistants? And the Roosters, NRL champs. Brandon Smith, Walker, Kerry, Manus, Soeli, and then Tedesco. Mate, Brandon Smith, just adding to that cog, man, they're going to be a tough team. And the Warriors, top eight. Let's go. Let's go. On. <laughs> Here you go. That's Kempe's off the back fence. We'll come back with some headlines with Louis. Here's Aro Half the News for Kubota, building and shaping the future. SENZ, we're 27 minutes away from 8 o'clock. Let's get a couple of quick sports headlines from around New Zealand and the world with... Kubota excavator, sorry, Kennard Tire. Win a Kubota excavator with Kennard Tire. 
1.7 ton Kubota excavator with Kennard Tire. In fact, Kennard Tire, no, kennards.co.nz. Sorry. I actually can't hear me. We're just saying, I think my eyes are going cross-eyed. I think there's a bit of silt floating around in the air. I'm struggling there's to... definitely something going on in the building because I'm... <laughs> I'm feeling like I've got asthma at the moment. <laughs> I'm Seriously. Struggling, I'm struggling to... I'm like, why can't I read all of a sudden? I usually have bad eyesight as it is. Uh, so, now your sports headlines. This is a, a big one. This could be the British transfer record signing. Chelsea have bid 120 million euros... 120 million euros for Benfica's Enzo Fernandez. Now, you will remember an Enzo Fernandez from Argentina... Obviously, uh, that World Cup, he was a hell of an asset during this. So that's a massive, massive signing if it goes through. The British transfer record signing it would be. Back here in New Zealand, we've been speaking about it this morning, but Campbell Johnson has revealed himself to be the first openly gay All Black, which is a day that is long overdue. And uh, as Izzy said earlier in the show, the plaudits and... um, Thanks have been pouring out a, a genuine, overwhelming outpouring of support. There will be some vile stuff as well. It's a sad reality. Oh. Ignore it. Don't feed it. Just forget about it. And I think let the minority be silenced by themselves. And I just want to say, as everybody else has, congratulations, Campbell, and what a wonderful day it is for New Zealand, not for rugby, but for New Zealand, because the All Blacks are such a cultural touchstone in our country, as we all know. Mm. I think this is actually a culturally pivotal, huge moment for our country. So well done. And uh, that's dominating the headlines this morning around New Zealand, is he? Yeah, love it. Love it. And, yeah, again, just really applaud him for that. And... um uh, look, I think there's been so many stories that have been floating around. Like, I, I heard about this a while back, actually, and I think uh, plenty of people have, have heard that, you know, Campbell obviously was openly, oh, was gay, but he hadn't come out in, in front of him. And I, I, I feel for him, like, he shouldn't have to, and he probably felt like it's a big relief and weight off his shoulder, but I hope he, he wasn't forced to come out and make that decision from external parties. And he did it on his own accord, and, and from all sounds... It sounds like that. So, um, yep, he's going to be, he's definitely would have helped plenty of people from here and uh, around the world that are struggling with it and um, just being open and transparent with with their decision making. So, um, just just quickly, lads, I was watching (laughs) the PR play from the Wallabies is in full effect, isn't it? It's nauseating. It's nauseating. They are so cringe. It's all making sense. It's all making sense of PR play to get Eddie Jones. They've gone from being in the ads on the back three pages. Well, no, they won't be near the back page. They're probably right in the middle where the junk is. To be now being on the back page of sport. Because Eddie Jones has made a comeback and they unveiled him at the Sydney Sevens. He was walking around with a smile on his face, mascotting it up and talking about winning the Bledisloe, Eddie. Hey. Talking about winning the Blairs like the first time in 22 years. No, Come he ain't on, got Eddie. The stock, Eddie. Cut it out. Talking a good story, <laughs> seriously. Kempi, do, hey? I, do I feel sick because of this air quality? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do, and, and you know the best time to talk when there is no footy. You know, that's the best time to talk it up. Oh, we're fantastic. We're great. We're wow. going to win everything because no one can ever. We've got nothing to measure it on, but we can measure mm. it, Eddie. You just don't have the stock. Seriously. Everyone knows that. 
Oh, uh, I could, I love, <laughs> yeah, I, I can understand the play that they've made now. Just the, the whole media, they love it. They love Eddie, and they know they're going to get you know a little bit of burly out of him every now and then, and he'll say <laughs> something that'll get them going and butter them right up. He'll wind up someone the wrong way, and it'll be so good because it's all about Eddie. Yeah, good. If you haven't watched, um, go watch the Rugby Pass um, interview with uh, Danny Cipriani, and he talks about his experiences with Eddie Jones. And it's um, bloody good. It's a mm. bloody good insight to someone personally that's been interviewed, uh, uh, that has been coached by Eddie Jones. So uh, there you go. Coming up, we're going to talk some basketball with the one and only Tom Abercrombie because the breakers are flying and can they continue? Let's go. They're in the playoffs. Tom Abercrombie coming up. The breakers are back, baby. The lads are in the playoffs for the first time in five years thanks to a three-game win streak. And with the game in hand on the Taipans, they are a genuine chance to get the first round by, which would go a long way after their brutal schedule. It's been way too long since we've caught up with our guy, the one and only Tom Abercrombie. He's been over the last couple of years. How you doing, brother? Morning, lads. Morning, morning. It has been too long. It has been far too long, mate. What have you been up to? Just winning a few b-ball games? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's been that kind of time of the season. As you said, the, the schedule's been pretty um, crazy, so I feel like I've just been in this um, bit, of, bit of a basketball bubble for the last month, but um, obviously some, some good results recently and put ourselves in a yeah. pretty good position going into this last week, so it's um, now it's exciting. This is a kind of basketball you want to be playing and the time of season you want to be playing it so um good stuff at the moment well done well done tom raising the bar mate post covid coming back after spending so long on the road what's that been like the culture must be absolutely outstanding in there at the moment yeah it is and um look i, I think in the pre-season start of the season um you know all the conversations you know we had as a as a as a team and with Modi and things, the, the type of people and, and characters we want to recruit, I think we've, we've seen that come to the fore. Guys that uh, you know, play the right way, play hard, um, play with the, the, the type of style and intensity and buy-in that um, it requires to, to play for a you know, passionate coach like Modi, um, who we've, we've enjoyed representing and um, it's just been wicked to, to play at home again and have that home support and feel that love from New Zealand um, and obviously having been on the road for a couple of years we were pretty good at um, going into other teams venues and, and picking up wins as well so uh, it's been a good balance. Now you're our most experienced breaker you've been through many campaigns campaigns we've gone on and won, won plenty campaigns where it's been a tough old ask you can't go part too far past last year and, and having to travel in that tough old outing on the road. What's the proudest thing for you that really sticks out for this season uh, for the Breakers? That one thing that you really notice has been a huge difference for the year? Um, oh, man. Honestly, the, the whole feeling from, from the get-go, from the, from the start of the preseason, I've said it many times, that from, the, from the first day we came together, um, in the preseason, with a relatively you know, new team put together, it was uh, the chemistry straight away was um, was amazing. It was like we'd been playing together for a long time, um, and that's just carried on throughout the whole season. So, in terms of picking one thing that's you know sort of stood out or being a highlight, um, it, it's tough to choose. But certainly, 
you know, that last game and being able to lock in a playoff spot was um, was a pretty special moment. I remember, you know, Modi subbed me off with about 40 seconds left and, you know, screaming in my face that we, we got there and I still didn't quite believe him there was 40 seconds to go. But, um, you know, after that <laughs> game, I think you could you could see how much it meant to everyone and, um, you know, pretty pretty cool to tick off that, that first goal. Yeah, some some pretty um, good footage of Modi there and the and the pressure that he he let loose. I guess when he got that 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 number sixteen that he'd um, he'd set himself. I'm, I'm just really interested, Tom, in, in the comment you made previously about uh, travelling on the road. You know, you, it sounded like a throwaway comment, but I think the the depth of it, like travelling, knowing that you'd been away for two years and going there and getting some wins. Do you think that's a a, a major learning? For the breakers, so now that you, you know, because it always has been when you train, you travel trans Tasman, it's always about getting away wins. But you guys just seem to do that quite regularly, and easily. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I think um, yeah, we, we've had success as a team in the past being on the road, and I think um, you, you have to embrace that challenge a little bit. And certainly, as a as a New Zealand team traveling over to Australia, like the challenges that we face, no matter what, are always um, a little bit greater, and you put a little bit more. Um, focus and importance, I guess, on those road games and making sure you're doing the right things. And you know, there's something about being on the road and the challenge um, that I think just really you know, gets us going as a group. And we, we we thrive on going into other people's environments. And we we have the type of team that is sort of perfectly set up to win on the road. You know, we want to make things ugly and play defence, and that's what gives you a chance in, in those tough games. So I feel like we've got the people who can who can win anywhere. Um, which is really good. Well, let's rattle off a few of those um, names. Pretty exciting for the team. Modi Moore, nominated for Coach of the Year. Will McDowell-White, Barry Brown Jr. and Derek Parter, nominated for Player Awards. You must be stoked with that representation. A fair summation of the success already. Yeah, no, it's always nice to, to have some of these efforts recognised, and I think every single one of those guys fully deserves um, each of those nods. So, you know, hopefully we're able to have a a little bit of success at the awards night, but honestly, um, I think talking to any of them, um, that's that's not the main focus right now. And it's a little weird when you have you know the awards um, and the season's not quite finished yet because um, the job's certainly not finished in our minds, and we've got bigger fish to fry. Yep, beauty, mate. And just quickly, how are you feeling? Where's your body at? You still got plenty of juice left in those legs. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm feeling good at the moment. As I said, we're just taking it one game at a time and um, going to enjoy this this run home and uh, give it everything I've got. And, um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a, an off-season for a bit of reflection and see what see what happens. But, um, no, we're not there yet. I'm enjoying enjoying myself and enjoying being in this position again and hopefully can um, can help us have, a, have some great success in the post-season. Oh, New Zealand's right behind you, mate. Awesome job so far, re-inspiring the next generation of basketballers out there. And uh, hopefully the Ken Taipans can do a wee little slippery job and you can chase down that second spot, mate. All the best coming up. I know you got the Hawks and the Bullets. Yeah. Beauty, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on again. There he is. Tom Abercrombie talking to the Breakers, who are flying at the moment. They're 16-10. And they're in the playoffs at the moment, and they're hoping the Taipans can do a little slip-up and uh, hey, yes. lose their next game. Yeah. Good news. The Breakers, What's up? if the Breakers win their last two games, they are mm-hmm. in second spot, and the Breakers spot. the Breakers play the Bullets and the Hawks, and guess where the Bullets and the Hawks are on the ladder? Nine and ten. Bottom. 
Bottom and second, <laughs> bottom and second bottom. So that's the, in their their destiny's in their hands now. So okay, th- that's that's huge. Um, that is huge. And if they win those games, they will go because their their points difference as well is way ahead of the Titans. So I imagine that's what it will ah, be. Okay. So um, beauty. They, they're, they're a real chance to get that that rest week. Well, that rest, and, and that's going to be massive to get some juice back into those legs, as you point out. Because Kimpy, you know what it's like traveling and like taking teams over that's every second week. Oh, interesting, just the way, you know, as soon as he said that, I thought, you know, we have so much um, trouble going away and, and you know, there's that jet lag, even though it's just across the Tasman, um, the dealing with the different environments going in and out, you know, airports all the time, especially during this COVID period. So when he said that, it was it was like a throwaway comment, well, we'll just go over there and take the points off them. Man, I reckon that's a real massive learning is um, through COVID, that they've they got some resilience on the road. Nah, 100%. And Coach Modi Moore, you could just see what it really meant to him. He had to go away and have a wee moment. His, one of his goals, 16 wins. Well, they've achieved that. Let's hope they can continue on. We're going to go away. We're going to come back because we've got a wee giveaway. You've got to remember, Valentine's Day is coming up. What is the date? Kempi, what's the date of Valentine's Day? Surely you'd know this. You'd be romantic. Uh, it's in February. <laughs> Come on, Kempi. It's All right, I'll let you mull on it. Yeah, let me I'll let you mull on it, and you come back and tell me the date. I don't All even right, know. Actually. I don't even know people's birthdays. You're asking me that question. <laughs> back soon. Bet you're feeling saucy right now. <laughs> Kempi, have you got that date for me, baby? Tomato sauce. Of course I have. It's 14th of December, mate. 14th. Yes, that's right. 14th of December is <laughs> Valentine's is Day. 14th of February. <laughs> Feb. <laughs> you're ruining my moment. You don't ruin it, okay? This is my moment. Let me be. Okay, let the wild rose do all the heavy lifting this Valentine's Day. Head to the SCNZ win page to go in the draw to win one of four gift boxes for Valentine's Day. The wild rose Valentine's Day roses and flowers delivery. www.thewildrose.co.nz So we've got three gifts to give away. Three prize packs. The ultimate cutie flower box flower gift box with a value of $165 you got the red roses flower gift box that has a value of $85 you've got the roses and kiwis flower gift box which is a value of $95 and you've got the sweethearts hat box with a value of $130 there you go sweetheart containing most of them will be hold Containing three red roses, you got roses, you got chocolates, you got everything. Valentine's Day. So if you wanna surprise your lucky someone, head to the SCNZ win page to go on the draw to give yourself the chance to win one of those four gift boxes. 14th of February. Kempi didn't know, so I've told you. <laughs> 14th of February is a special day for your someone. And well, if you don't enter, I will. 
I'll go and answer myself because my lovely darling, darling Daisy deserves a rose or two. And I might sprinkle them along the floor when she <laughs> walks in that room right towards you know where. And I'll Not leave today. it right there. Not today. Coming up. Narohi <laughs> Mugabe. No, she doesn't want anything to do with me today. Narohi Mugabe Black. Here's Aroha with the news Pukibata, building the shape in the future. Yes, welcome back. Kizzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ. We're talking about Valentine's Day before and well. It's the 14th of February, and if you haven't got anything sorted, that's okay. You're just like the rest of us. Why don't you head over to the SENZ win page and uh, enter the draw to give yourself a chance to win one of the four gift, gift prize packs on offer. So awesome, awesome initiative from the team here. Coming up, we've got Philly Captain uh, later on in this hour, and we'll be talking to him about the Philadelphia Eagles. They're flying. They've punched their way to the Super Bowl. Big dance. And well, we spoke to him before the Phillies took on the Astros last time, so hopefully we can give him better luck as he'll be up and about. Let's go, Philly Captain. Oh, he's a character. <laughs> Stay tuned for that. But before then, we're going to talk to Nat Rohi. McGarvey Black about the Sevens. I'll just read a few of these messages quickly before we get to our next guest. Morena boys, Happy New Year. Unc, can you get Izzy some gout tablets? <laughs> Miss Sam, my man, steaming in at the Black Clash. Now, seriously, Izzy, my bro, good luck getting the YY fix. Horse from the neck end. Just on that, seen the surgeon yesterday getting a surgery in May, mid-May. So, going to get it sorted. It's a hell of a surgery. I've got to stay in hospital for three days and and uh, get uh, yeah, pretty painful medication to help with pain and everything and then it's like six weeks to eight weeks non-walking and then start recovery so big old surgery i've just told daisy she wasn't very impressed yesterday but anyway someone that is not injured and not having to deal with my horrible knees is our next guest kempi yeah no he's going all right to our new zealand sevens team (laughs) teams they both kicked off 2023 with a bang with the black ferns winning two opening tournaments and our men taking a silver down in Hamilton and a Golden Sydney. Their calendar might have a break until the next round in LA on the 25th of February, but I'm sure the work will continue and they'll try to hold on to that success the next time they run out. Naruhi Mugavi Black is a versatile backline player for our All Black Sevens team. He's been good enough to join us on the show this morning. Morning, Naruhi. You there, brother? Yeah, morning, guys. How, morning. You, how, morning you, how you going, mate? You, you, have you... Uh, you recovered from the weekend? It was a pretty hard tournament. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got in uh, late last night. Our flight got delayed uh, probably like four times. So, um, yeah, managed to get back in before midnight. So, no, nah, body's feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, coming back to some to some shitty weather in Tauranga, though. <laughs> 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 yeah, the weather ain't too good here, brother. Welcome home, and, and congratulations on <laughs> on the weekend. A, a big performance against South Africa in the final. Look, one of the one of the things I'm noticing things I saw over the weekend on the socials was who left the trophy behind. think <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure. Um, I think in the women's team they have someone. Um, they have someone who allocates themselves to look after the trophy, but I don't think we've won enough for us to delegate their job. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've won enough tournaments for us to have their, have their job yet. So um, I don't know. We'll just, we'll just put that on the on our coach. I think. 
Yeah, I saw Carl Solano, he picked it up and he said, oh, someone's going to get fined in the court session. But, mate, other than that, <laughs> you, you boys played fantastic. You obviously just fell a wee bit short in Hamilton. What was the big difference from week one to week two to be able to have so, uh, such a clinical performance over South Africa in the final and win it? Um, yeah. Uh, we said all week last, um, that the week building into Sydney, um, we're not far off a... A perfect performance, uh, but we just need to um, win those little battles, just wanting to win everything, any balls on the ground, uh, whatever it is, just trying to work for each other. Um, yeah. It wasn't a matter of, of skill or, or anything to do with team, it was just the desire just to win, and I think just the change in our attitude around our mindset around wanting to win, I think that was just a big difference between us, and it was leading into a second week, everyone's you know, a bit sore, um, <laughs> not as fresh. It's week one, so I think we just try to change that and just, just yeah, just that desire to win, I think. And the, and the young blokes in the side, mate, the, the uh, competition internally must be pretty strong. Yeah, as, uh, yeah, as you probably saw, um, Peyton Spencer's come in and um, he's only had like three or four full-on trainings with us, so to see him like fit him pretty well, um, just goes to show the calibre of young boys that are coming through. Um and then we've got another guy, Xavier Tito Harris. Um, he's another one who probably could just fit in straight away. And he's only had like four trainings with us as well. So, yeah, the competition's only getting harder. And, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good to see uh, more young boys coming through. Have you, have you noticed the change in, in the competition from other teams? You've got, you know, Argentina winning on, on New Zealand's soil for the first time. You've got South Africa. You've got the United States that are always you know, pushing for that final spot. You got Kenya. I remember when I was playing Kenya and, and um, Collins and Dera obviously just a retired, I played against him. Yeah. You've got yeah. some quality throughout the whole entire competition. Are you seeing the sport grow from strength to strength every year? Yeah, I think that's the cool thing about it now. Um, it's it's not just your four top teams or your five top teams. It's There's like a 12 teams who are strong who can win at any time. Um on their day, they could just anyone could win. So I think that's pretty cool. Um, just yeah, just with the amount of sevens being played now, I think um, yeah, the, the sport is going in a good place. Um, everyone's just growing and everyone's moving pretty quick. So yeah, it's good to it's good to be a part of. Hey, Naro here. Who's who's stood out for you out of the um, out of the first couple of games here that sort of stepped up to the plate? In our team, in your team, yeah, yeah, um, right. Like a big, I think, I think our leaders um, are doing a pretty good job. They're setting good examples. But I think uh, Roger Solo has been pretty outstanding. Oh. Um, he hasn't, he hasn't had much opportunities, but when he, oh, bro, over these last two weeks, he's just been unreal. Like, <laughs> right, just actually, just like, I haven't really seen much of him, and then. His last two weeks, he's just been unreal. So um, he's probably been like one of my outstanding players. But other than that, yeah, the leader's been pretty good. Um, yeah, Joe Weber, um, he's always leading the front. Um, always Koro yeah, Weber. Always up with the boys. Oh, Koro Weber. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah Solo will probably be my, be my guy. Oh, mate. But I, I commentated my first event was the Ignite 
tens or sevens up in Auckland and Roderick Solo was running around. I was like, man, this kid's got game. Well, that was about three years yeah. ago, so it's awesome to see them coming through the ranks and, and performing. Mate, when, when you talk, Can you just talk to me about the environment and, and the, the training week and the lead-up? Like, I was part of the, the Titch era, and she was nasty yeah. work all year, all week. <laughs> so what's it like these days? Um, yeah, but... Uh... I don't think our uh, week is as hard as your guys' weeks back then. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, I think it's mellowed down a little bit. Um, thank God. But, um, nah, um, yeah, our week, our week's pretty good. Um, especially if we're traveling, uh, we always get, usually try and get there by Monday. Um, we have two full on sessions, um, two gyms, and then just the captain's run to finish it off. But, um, I think just the environment we're in, I think everyone's just trying to nail all their jobs. Uh, throughout the week, um, yeah, but we only have two big sessions that week if we travel, um, yeah, so it's, it's not, it's it's more about fine What's a big session? Than... What's a big session look like these days? Uh, oh, a big session would just be in a full body gym in the morning and then get to an Arvo, um, so before Hamilton we played France in a, a warm-up match, which Ooh. was only Scrag, but yeah, we played like, I think it was four, seven minutes. Four quarter, yeah, four seven minute games. So, um, Oof. yeah, that, that's that's counted as a as a big day. Or we just play seven on seven. Um, yeah. But it's more about fine tuning our our set piece and just picking the legs over for the weekend. So yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Hey, and you know when you're talking about the France, is that how even is the men's competition across the board? Like, do you, do you actually have games where you look at sides and go, we've got them covered, or you just can't do that no more? No, nah, I think yeah. Like we played France last week but um just the way they play that um you know, like I said before, anyone can win on their day. Um everyone's pretty even. Um it's just I guess it goes back to my point before, it's just the desire to win. Whoever wants to win the most, um, will probably win. So yeah, I guess I guess that's the cool thing about it. Like, um yeah. Each week is different. Each game is different, no matter if you were beating them the day before. Like, we lost to Africa the day before. Mm. Um, on day two and then on day three, we just we just changed a little bit. I think it was just our mindset. And then I think we just put up a perfect performance to keep them to nil. So, yeah, I think I think it, could go, it can go either way. Mate, just, just the style of sevens, is, is it quite structured still? Like, I remember when I was playing, you're running the patterns and you're running the pattern wraps and you're, you're doing the pulling out and then trying to keep the ball play. You never kicked it. If you kicked it, you're subbed <laughs> off. But now that the game's changed and evolved, like, is there still a, a, a structure to how you're playing or is it just play and see space and, and communicate? Yeah, so I think for us, we try and focus on the first three phases being structured and then... Um, after those three phases, it's kind of just play rugby. But I think, yeah, same when I first come in, no one really kicked it. I think I was maybe one of the first ones who started kicking it. Um, got a growling couple of times, but just, as long as you got the ball back, I think it was suit. But I think just with the defense now, um, people play seven in the line. Um, not many people play with sweeper now um, in the back, no fullback. Um, so there's a lot of space back there to be exploited. So I think that's why people kick. Um, quite a bit now, and especially yeah. against us because we started their seven in the line defense. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think mainly for us, um, yeah, mainly for us is just 
one, two, three phases, and then after that it's just rugby. So, yeah. No, nice, nice. Well, I saw it all come to play when you scored your try towards the end of that South African game. A nice wee bit of a vision from yourself and got a little grubber through to score under the post and give her the more celebration. Were you celebrating towards Eddie Jones and saying, get out of my stadium? <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have if I'd seen him, but I could have bloody seen him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, mate, that those bloody Aussies were parading him around like he's the saviour. Oh, I know, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Hope it backfires, man. I feel sorry for Renzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We all do here, brother. We all do. Narohi, Magami Black, you're a champion, mate. We appreciate your time, and Congratulations on the weekend. Go forward to LA and keep it up, mate. Uh, love, love the mahi nah. you're doing. Thanks, Izzy. Thanks, brother. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Awesome. Cheers. Narohi Black. I just had to lead him into that. And wow, his heart and his feelings come out. And yeah, hope you enjoyed that one from Narohi. <laughs> nice, and they're going all right. Like I, I watched the game with that, that they lost in the uh, right on full time there, where they took that shot at goal. South Africa, um, he kicked that one from the sideline, so he's never going to miss that one to the left hand side of the post. And they came out and did a clinic on them in the final there. So looking good for both the uh, the women and the men's this year in the sevens. My tough work training, like playing against France for four seven seven minute rounds. Whew. You like you said seven, mate. <laughs> I played I played sevens in rugby league. I, my, I, every year when they, they said who wants to play, go down to the sevens, I wasn't putting my hand up. Not a chance. No. Like it yeah. is. So, it, you just think seven minutes, but it is painful. Seven minutes. You yeah. just can't get your breath. The exact day, the exact day I got the call from Titch, and Tafai Wasa was the sevens captain actually back then. He played for Hawks Bay, and he, he obviously talked to Titch about this young kid, and he rang me up, and I was like. You know, you just hear horror stories about what goes on there. You're like, oh, okay. Honestly, the first four or five days, I just, that was just mind-blowing about what you needed to do, the, the training that was involved. And like I've said before, when you go in the toilet, you can't even sit down. Your legs are that sore, and it's painful. But it sounds like it's all changed. And Be no good for you today, for a reason. <laughs> no good for me today, mate, because I'll be doing about 300 squats. Oh, speaking of that, it's about time to go do another squat. No, sorry, I'm joking. I'm only being silly. I'm being silly. I'm being silly. You've got a question here from Ed. Kazi Mugabe, go back and play for Coast with Sammy and Ma'a. That is from Ed. Yeah. Kazi Mugabe, black. Um, awesome. Narohi, and they're flying at the moment. Appreciate his time. We're going to shoot off. And we'll come back and we'll have a catch up with the one and only Paulie Mowate and the party. No doubt he'll have plenty to talk about and get some reaction from yesterday's NFL playoffs. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. It's time for our TAB live update. Bet live on your favourite sports with the TAB app today. And the one and only Paulie Mowate. How you doing, Paul? Yes, I'm good, boys. Uh, how's things there? Very good, very good. Ripping into another day of sport and last for our morning, mate. But yesterday, there was plenty happening. NFL is all go. We've figured it out. The two Super Bowl teams taking place shortly. Um, my wife's just trying to remind me to take some pills for my colonoscopy. Sorry, darling. 
I'm busy. Um, <laughs> yeah, NFL yesterday. How good? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh, we've got the two teams, as you said, uh, Izzy, uh, in the Super Bowl. The Philadelphia Eagles representing the NFC. They are the favourites for the Super Bowl, just slightly. $1.74 head-to-head uh, to win the Super Bowl. Up against the AFC champs, the Kansas City Chiefs, who took care uh, of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, some may say with the help of officialdom, uh, but they're a $2 uh, even money bet in that head-to-head market for the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs, $2. Philadelphia Eagles, $1.74. Early money Ooh, the on favorites. the Kansas City Chiefs and, Pat, uh, and uh, Patrick Mahomes. So the Eagles' slight favourites at $1.74. Who you like, Paulie? Oh, I, I just like the way that uh, Patrick Mahomes goes about his business. He doesn't mm. seem to get too phased, uh, regardless of the pressure that the opposition defensive uh, defenses put on him. Um, I just, and, yeah, I, look, he's got two weeks to get that ankle back to as close to 100% as he can. He didn't look too bad moving around uh, yesterday in that AFC Championship game. So I don't mind the uh, Chiefs. Uh, certainly seen as we're getting them at around the $2 mark. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for mine. Uh, group day at uh, Tarapa tomorrow. You got uh, any bully for us, race eight? <laughs> I'm waiting for the bully for next Monday. So I'll be keeping an eye out. <laughs> you will uh, not get you. any of that from us. Yeah, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance. There's zero chance. If you wanted that, you should have come out to the Kanaka sales yesterday. Not even going to give you a, There's no clues. This is serious. Like, I'm not. There's nothing. Not even a bone. Not, not a. <laughs> this, is, this is us versus you, Paulie. And uh, Louis, actually, actually, Louis when, is so serious. When, when are those odds open? Is it 4 p.m. Sunday? Or are you just going to play, uh, or are you just going to close them right up until race eight? <laughs> it'll, yeah, it'll, it'll be Sunday afternoon. Um, I think the boys are yeah around four o'clock ish. So I'm actually, do you know what uh, I'm going to do? I'm going to start throwing some landmines out. I'm going to start planting some. See, I'm going to try and I'll, I'll you you won't have no idea what's coming. No, there'll be no inkling. There's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look, it's going to be an eventful. Waitangi weekend, it sounds like it's... Uh, but my, birthday is, say, my birthday is Tuesday, Paulie, so I'm, I'm giving myself a present in the form of an undisclosed tip that Kempi and me are about to plunge, and that's, uh, that's it. This is for me. This is a bit of me time. Well, I, I look forward to it. I'll be watching the market moves. I think I'll be able to latch on to uh, your bully, even though you're not going to tell me what it is. But if we look at tomorrow, you're right, Tarapa... Group 2, Legacy Lodge, Waikato Guineas Day. Uh, and the favourite at the moment, Waitak, um, just drifted from 280 out to $3. Uh, Polygon, solid on that second line of betting at $5. But got a couple of market movers. Number 6, Denby Road, uh, trained by Shelley Hale, to be ridden by Sam Weatherly, $14 into $8. Uh, Dynastics, also seen uh, a wee bit of action, $12 into $10. And Rockburn. Uh, 16s into 14s. They're, they're the ones that have seen a wee bit of action. Uh, and so the bookies have had to drift the uh, favourite, Waitak, 280 out to $3. And, of course, we'll be looking for some Derby and uh, Oaks prospects 
that come out of this uh, the Waikato Guineas tomorrow. Yep, and so are we, Paulie. Thanks a lot for joining us this morning, mate. You go well, and you get that form book out for Monday and just go through every single one of those horses because I can tell you right now, you don't know who it is. Yeah, no clue, Paulie. <laughs> and that, the, the, I've already said the Derby and Oaks want to come out of this race tomorrow, Paulie, I'm hoping, and it's a uh, $50 bet to return 8400 Dynastic into Polygon, or Polygon into Dynastic. No, Dynastic into Polygon, Ones into eights. There you go. Wow, we <laughs> dynastic ones are what the Karaka Million two year old yep. and was about 30, about thirties in the three year old classic this season. Yeah, but did look good. Did yep. look good on Karaka night. And he was never meant to win that two year old race, Paulie. He's a he's a Derby horse through and through. He's built for it. He's gelded. He's still got the turn of foot. He's going to see the distance. It's going to be one of the great anomalies in racing. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it, Louis. You, you see, I've already got a little bit of bloody bully out of you. <laughs> That's all right. I've already had a bet on this one. So, yeah. well, I'd love to see the money crush so I can get some overs. It always makes me feel good. Anyway, thanks, Paulie. <laughs> all good, boys. Beautiful. Good catch up with Paulie Marty Dynastic. I'm going to watch that one with interest, Louis. I was, yeah, I thought that, thing, it's, that ship had sailed and kind of lost dynastic and had a seen it come through, but they've gouted it and hoping for a difference, and you've seen some positive signs heading towards uh, a change. So watch this space, dynastic, going forward. Love it. Great to catch up with Paulie. Promotions in play in hundreds of sports markets to choose from. Visit tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. Uh, coming up, we've got some more headlines, and we've got the Philly captain talking about the Philadelphia Eagles well, punching their way to take on Hurt, take on Mahomes in that final. And it was such a good win. And, well, to do it with one leg and one ankle, Makes it even better. And if you haven't seen it, Travis Kelsey coming out and saying, Burrowhead Stadium, my beep. This is Mahomes' home. So good. What a win. Anyway, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, shaping and building the future. Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. We are 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock. Gullah's fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some good value fuel. Visit gull.nz. A couple of sports headlines from around the traps. Well, this isn't sports headlines, but, gee, Northland looks terribly wet as the uh, deluge comes. It's not raining in Auckland at the moment where we are in Parnell, which is a nice reprieve, but it's Northland and the Coromandel that have got a red-heavy rain warning, especially Northland, all the way through till tomorrow morning and tonight might be where it starts to heat up. In the Premier League, Sean Dyche is back, and... Uh, He's looking after Everton. So Frank Lampard was sacked. Absolutely gonski. Everton at 19th in the Premier League. Two points from safety. They are in massive trouble. So Dykes come in here. And I'm pretty sure he was Burnley's manager last when Chris Wood was there. And they had a great relationship for a long period of time. So he is a man motivator. And he is someone that has done a job before in the EPL. So it's not a bad signing from Everton considering who was available. And elsewhere, Rory McIlroy has won in Dubai. He's beaten Patrick Reed by one shot, which is a huge result for all things good in Rory's world. 
not the evil Liv. And Novak Djokovic is world number one again after his Australian Open win, and I think he will stay there for the rest of the year, barring any sort of vaccine debacle, is he? Yeah, Foxy in their, in their final round of the DP World Tour um, was playing with a tummy bug. Probably the most horrendous he's ever felt playing a golf game and had to continue, and he's very um, just, just happy to get through that round. And he shot one over. He was still t- he was positioned twentieth in the in the final round, so not a bad outing for Foxy. If he had been better, I think it was nine under, so uh, nine shots off the eventual winner, which was Rory McIlroy. But um, Foxy, if he was a little bit more healthier, potential could have gone on and and made it an even better week after receiving the Sevi Ballesteros uh, Player of the Year award. So awesome week for Foxy and McIlroy. Well, he's just continued. Saw something the other day, McElroy and Ram, four wins already. Four wins already this year, and uh, man, they are just making bank, making bank, Louis. Just on that, though, like, we need to be careful we don't, and this is something that's happening in the NBA at the moment as well, the, the game of basketball, especially the NBA, has completely changed with pace and the way it's played and the games, mm. the, the way it's officiated. So all of these stats are being broken, all of these records are being broken, the scoring, um, you know, we're getting all of these first player under the age of this to do this, uh, first LeBron's 38 to do this. Well, the game's completely different. So all of the stats, the historical data, the, the checkpoints and everything that you hold things against is slightly warped. And the PGA Tour is is going to be a really interesting one because we'll look at the players that are no longer on the PGA Tour week in, week out. So all of a sudden, Mm. John Rahm's going to be the first player to win the first five events out of the opening seven on the tournament. Wow. And watch it. The propaganda machine of the PGA Tour will, they won't (laughs) acknowledge the fact that, (laughs) you know, it's it's all spin and it's all whose narrative you want to listen to, Kempi. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I I can't say um, there's too much more to add to that, Louis, because you're dead right. It's it's not just the it's just not the player that's developing. It's the it's the equipment. Mm. You know, balls go further. You know, like cricket bats, for instance. Your goal kicking stats, for example, mate. Like if I was kicking today, I'd be kicking it probably ninety nine percent. As opposed to hitting those leather balls that were waterlogged back in the back. (laughs) Did you ever play with a leather ball? Is Mm, oh, I've kicked on, and I can't believe how you haven't snapped your quad like I did because um, they're <laughs> like kicking rocks, mate. When spe- <laughs> especially when it rained, like we had these leather balls and it rained, it was like catching a like they say catch a bar of soap. It was like catching a rock that you could mm. like a slippery rock, um, river rock, man. It was they're just really um, different these days. And I think you're right, Louis. Like stats aren't going to mean a hell of a lot. Um, in in the future, because it's just not it's just not apples for apples. You can't compare. You can't compare different generations. The way that they had to deal with travel and going on a boat for a month to head overseas and play about three hundred tests in a week. You know, like it's it's totally different. But um, then you look at the the way that they're going about. It. And yes, it's a fair case as well because. PGA has been diluted, and only the top players are going to continue on. But hey, it's given another chance to unearth these these next generational players to have a crack and take on the big names. And if they can get one over Arm and McElroy, well, there you go. They've just punched their ticket to the big time and and getting it done. But love what you're saying and, and totally agree with you, Louis. Totally, totally agree. Message coming through from Richard for you, Louis. 
Dynastic Derby, Polygon Oaks, Rory Masters equals $6,720 for a $5 stake. Get on, Richard. Don't don't waste your $5, Richard. There's no way Rory wins the Masters. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a a chance Rory wins the Masters. That's the only one he hasn't won, eh? Yeah, he can't. He's got the yips, <laughs> and, and hey, and, and and the live boys come back for that one. <laughs> Do you reckon they'll punch into him and just say, Rory, we're at the Masters. Ooh. Who's the guy? Oh, I'm just I'm the one that, that choked on that par five over the water, hit the tree and bunked it. He's telling. Greg um, Norman. He choked at the nah, Masters. He's got a tw- twin brother. Twin brother. He was leading. That's when Tiger won. Tiger went on and won it. Can't remember. It's lost me, lost the name. But uh, mate, it's a difficult. I've never been there, never played it. But wow, we you've got to hit the perfect shot, otherwise your ball rolls for about three hundred meters, and you got a part that will chip on. Such a good watch. I can't wait for the Masters, Rory. Uh, Louis reckons he won't win it. He won't win it. I reckon he's got a good shout. We'll see. What, we'll ask what the Philly captain's got to say about that. Rory McIlroy, Philly captain, coming up. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's Francesco Molinari. That's right, Sam and Mitch McClanagan. Thanks for the update. <laughs> that was the Masters 2018 when Tiger became the mean machine. I think it was 2018. It's probably 2019. You're probably going to correct me on that one too. But hey, that's enough of me. It's time to talk to the one and only. Who we got, Kempe? You want to do the... Do the honours for us, my brother. Yeah, that's right. Well, I suppose it's always a good thing that Joe isn't here today because I'm pretty sure <laughs> her man, the Philly captain, wouldn't be on speaking terms. Nah, Joe, he's filthy, isn't he? What about them texts coming in last night? The Philadelphia Eagles have charged their way into the, uh, this year's Super Bowl final, sending Joe's 49ers back to San Francisco. When we talk Philly on the show, there's only one man that can get... That we can get on the phone, and that's the Philly <laughs> captain. Morning, captain. Oi, boys, how you doing? The Eagles <laughs> to the Super Bowl, baby. How good? I said, I don't know if I, if you guys remember our conversation last week. I told you, nay, I guaranteed you that the Philadelphia Eagles would be going to the Super Bowl. Oh, it's a guy. It's so sad that Joe had to call out. I wish I could talk to Joe and just tell him how much of a good time I had yelling at 49ers fans all weekend. How dare they invade my city? Oh, oh, it's such a good day. It's such a... By the way, I'm extremely hungover right now. I'm extremely hungover, but I can't stop yelling because I hate... I hate the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Hey, go. hey, Philly captain, he got the Super Bowl. No, no, listen. No, I'm not. First off, I don't leave this. As the captain of Philadelphia, it's illegal for me to leave the city. I'm going to stay here and document how the city reacts for my YouTube channel. I'm going to document how the Philadelphia fans react. All two weeks of partying and celebrating. I don't need to go to Arizona to have a good time. I live in Philadelphia. Do you think they need to? Do you think they need some drug testing on Patty Mahomes? You know, what do you reckon about that ankle of his? Is he? Has he got something? Is it all legal? Because I knew, I know you had some problems with the with the with the boys in the batting and the and the way they were playing against you uh, in the baseball. Listen, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what it is with these teams, and they love to cheat against the Philadelphia teams, <laughs> the dirty, dirty Houston Astros. Now Patrick Mahomes is doing some type of Mr. Miyagi stuff to his ankle. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I do know this. I have confidence in my birds. Yeah. I have confidence in and Jalen Hurts. I have confidence in Nick Sirianni. So Patrick Mahomes and his taped up ankle will be no match for my birds. Go birds! <laughs> Go the Eagles. Oh, mate. Just can you give us a little insight to what what to expect, expect in Philly if the job is done and they punch their ticket and they lift the Lombardi trophy? What happens if we, well, this is what happened last time. Uh, they greet what they have to do with Philadelphia is they have to put grease on our light poles because for some reason we're maniacs and we like to climb poles. Do yourself a favor, Google Philadelphia fans climbing poles. You'll see a hundred pictures from last night. So I don't, I guarantee you one thing when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, poles will be climbed. It's I know horse making, holes. but sometimes we punch horses too. That's, it. That's a whole other story. <laughs> you're a, but one you're time a, a guy, man. A guy got real drunk and punched a cop horse, and uh, <laughs> but we don't talk about that. <laughs> you're mad. You're all bloody mad. Lombardi trophy. Sorry, I had a little tongue twist to the end. It's okay. Good it luck. doesn't matter. It's it's our trophy. You can call it the Eagles trophy. <laughs> you can call it Lombardi. It's our trophy. It's your trophy. Look, if you look through that performance, and I know we asked the question last time about your running game. Your running game yeah. is the best in the business. Where you look at the at the running game on the weekend, you had Mike Sanders for two touchdowns. You had Jalen Hurts. You had Boston Scott. So the running game is on another level at the moment. Is that where they'll they'll look to target the Chiefs come the Super Bowl again? Well. We got, I don't know how you stop this team. We have the best running backs in the game. A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith were the best wide receivers in the game. Jalen Hurts mm. is the most athletic quarterback without a broken ankle playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's, it's, we're just a tough team. I wouldn't want to be Andy Reid, as a matter of fact. I don't, I wouldn't want to be. I hate Andy Reid. Andy <laughs> Reid's the Kansas City's Chiefs coach. Yeah. I hate Andy Reid. I hate Andy Reid so much. This is a, I swear to you, this is true. When Andy Reid was the Philadelphia Eagles coach, I stopped rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles because I knew we would never win with him. He, he's tortured us for decades. And now finally, Andy Reid will give Philadelphia the ring it deserves because he's going to lose. Let's go. Oh, this hangover. This hangover. Oh, my. What's on the hangover diet tonight, Captain? Well, this is what you do. You get get yourself uh, a nice IPA, an Indian pale ale. You drink one of them. You get an Alka-Seltzer. You throw that in there. You drink a Coca-Cola and a chocolate milk. And then that's it. That's it. That's hopefully that gets rid of the, uh, the headache. It's a cleanser. <laughs> and if that doesn't work, you just keep drinking and get another one. No problem. That's the worst concoction I've ever felt, heard of on a hangover. That'll make me absolutely sick. I was hoping for a for a little Big Mac or a little burger from somewhere, or a little hot yeah, dog. So first off, I live in Philadelphia. I don't need any of that fast food garbage. Just Philly cheese Tuesday. steaks for me, please. Thank you.
Cheesesteaks are a fantastic hangover food, too, just so you know. They got the grease and the roll and the bread. A lot of good things in the cheesesteak. <laughs> Beautiful, Philly Captain. We love it. We appreciate your energy you bring every single morning you're on, Izzy and Kepi for Bricky. Thank you so much and all the best all right, for Super Bowl. Listen, and like we said, I don't need if you your get good the job wishes. done... Come I don't need on. your good luck wishes, Izzy and Kempi. <laughs> I'll just tell you, when the Eagles win the Super Bowl, I'll come back and I'll talk to you guys about it, all right? Perfect. Okay, all right, if boys. they lose, nice knowing you. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. He gets me up every single... Man, I like... Is that put on his voice? Because nah, it sounds like him every day. It reminds me of the man Butcher. It's actually Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. How is Joe? Nah, no one knows, mate. Joe's he's gone. He's vacant. Um, he's <laughs> in love, and he's just yeah, left his job. That reminds me Actually, of my first job. I went to the freezing works, and I fell in love with Daisy. I left my job after two days. Oh. I was lovesick. So maybe Joe's left his job. Wouldn't be surprised. Hey, just on the, the on Philadelphia um, boys. So the seventy sixes are a genuine chance in the East as well. They're in the second seed right now. Uh, behind the Celtics in the NBA, the uh, we spoke about the Philly, the baseball team earlier in the year. They were the Phillies. They went really, really good, and the the Flyers, the ML, NHL team as well. I'm not sure how they're going, but we might have a long association with uh, the Philly captain. It might be quite a wee <laughs> while because all of their team seems to do do all their teams seem to do really, really going well. well. Yeah. And just on Joe, boys, I'm off to get this um, wisdom, wisdom teeth removed, and then I'm moving islands. Can you please just and Neeps, you're on the desk. If he talks about his girlfriend on air anymore, just dump it. Just honestly, just just <laughs> cut his mic and just 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 don't let it get out of He's hand. He's probably going to get dumped horse. anyway. So He's don't don't buying a horse yesterday. He's out of the crank of sales <laughs> bidding. He must have plenty. Or she, or she might have plenty. Yeah, oh, maybe it's that. Anyway, Smithy, <laughs> maybe we have to get Smithy as the arbiter, the czar of Joe talking about his girlfriend on here and just make sure he controls it. We'll catch up with him after this. Yes, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Coming up to the end of our show, pass the baton on to Smithy, the one that he's waiting for us there in the beautiful Hawks Bay. Ian Smith, how you doing? Yeah, good, uh, guys. Uh, just listening to your show this morning, some interesting thoughts and texts <laughs> coming through as well. So, hmm. Uh, didn't, uh, I, I just, I guess you just, uh, did you buy a horse, you guys? Have you syndicated and, and got a horse out of Karaki, you three, with your money? No, 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 staying away from that game personally there. I've got one and one's enough for me. Kempi, I'm unsure he's got plenty. Yeah, Kempi, you bought a few? No, not, I just, uh, I walked around Smithy and just enjoyed the hospitality that was on show yesterday. You would have loved it, Smithy. There are plenty, yeah, of, boat, no, there are plenty of boat ramps here. Plenty of boat ramps. Well, here's the thing, mate. Um, I just, um, I, I just didn't get invited. Uh, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I mean, I'm not sure Same anyone Smithy. in the. Oh, oh, nice hat too, Louie. Yeah, lovely hat. Oh, it's the one you've been after for how long? I had to pull some strings to get it. The last one left, I reckon. Last one left. Well, it couldn't go on a better head and cover up a better head, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, I was left at home like yourself there, Smithy, so we can all drown our sorrows together and, well, watch from afar and only hope what could have been. Maybe next year, eh? Anyway, time will tell. Year,
Mm. <laughs> right, Smithy. You have a big show, mate. You have a big show, no doubt. You yeah, have plenty coming up. Stay tuned. The one and only Ian Smith will carry you through to midday. <laughs> he's up and about. He's on one. So, here, yeah, we're getting you up. Stay out. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day. Cheers.